Okay, so basically, I'm not sure how many people listen to this show, (laughs) but if you do, I'm sure everyone that listens saw my results from stage one of Q School, where I finished in last place by five shots. Now, for those of you that don't know, I had a high ankle sprain prior to going to Houston. And then I got either the flu or COVID while I was over there. And I had to continue to play. Perfect storm. Yeah. Oh, I I was in tremendous form. So basically (laughs) what ended up happening was literally seven days before I was supposed to leave for Houston, Saturday night, I was on my way to the gym. I'm going downstairs and I literally, like, I either open the door or about to open the door and I'm like, oh, I forgot my weightlifting belt. So I go back up the stairs and I'm like, oh, I don't need my weightlifting belt. So I go to go back down the stairs and I was like on my phone at the same time, like in my hands, like I wasn't quite paying full attention. I missed the next step with my foot. And then I hit the following step with my right foot and my toe hit, my ankle went out and it cracked. And then I fell into the stairs. And I like, I don't remember what happened after that. Like, obviously I wasn't, it's not like I was unconscious, but like, you know, when something like that happens, like you kind of like black out for a second. Yeah. I don't remember how I got back up the stairs. (laughs) The only thing I remember was after once I got on like the floor above the stairs, I couldn't move my ankle. Mm-hmm. I genuinely couldn't move it. I had to move it manually with both hands. And it was immediately swollen. It was immediately bruising. And I sort of, cause I was like, cause I don't know this or not. I was playing lights out golf. Prior yeah, to happening. Like I was taking everyone's money <laughs> like in all my money games, you know, like, any professional athlete, even non-athletes, like even like non-professional athletes, like regardless of skill level, it's like no matter what happens, you're just you always know the end result's gonna be so good because you're just yeah. on a roll. And then I just immediately got so nervous. I was like, oh my God, like, oh my gosh, like what the fuck am I gonna do? Like this is like uh, it could not have been worse at a worse point, yeah. Worse timing. It's not like I was doing anything stupid. Like, <laughs> come on. I was going down the stairs. You know, the, the, I think the, the only other thing, the only thing that could have been worse is that I got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever see the videos? Uh, uh, and actually, it's funny because Kay sent me a video recently. It was like, like when you miss that one step and, and it's like, like basically it, it, it's like a person misses the step, has like a close-up, and then it's like a dummy just like banging into the wall and like falling down, like the Peter Griffin video. Yeah. Like, ah! like yeah. similar kind of attitude. 
Well, and so I like immediately, I had ice in my fridge. I had like just like an old cooler. I filled it up with water and ice and I just like stuck my foot in there. Oh God. And I was, like, I was, I couldn't, I could barely walk. Like was like, I was just like limping around my apartment. Texted my old trainer from high school. Cause he's also like a, phys- he's really, he's also a physical therapist. Mm. And I told him what happened. And so I went in to see him. He's like, I think it's a high ankle sprain. This is, I forget. It's like syndesmosis, I think is the joint or the ligament. I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor, but he wanted me, you know, he had me do come in for STEM. Mm -hmm. If anybody knows what STEM is, STEM doesn't heal you. It just numbs the pain. Yeah. So it's just, it's like shocking whatever's hurting. And then it just like, it's like, it's like, it's like an electric painkiller. That's what it is. It's really like a waste of time. Like, and so he was like, I want you there though, because your fibula fractured. And I was like, awesome. So obviously I'm not even like, I wasn't, I didn't even putt for like two days. And because I was like trying to stay off it as much as possible. I end up getting in. So basically he refers me to the Orlando magic team doctor who then refers me to a foot and ankle specialist. I get in there on a third on Thursday. Meanwhile, I have to leave in two days to go to Houston. I haven't even hit balls yet. Okay. I don't even think, I think Thursday was the first day I hit wedges. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Just so, just just so we're clear, like this is what what's going on. Literally, like I couldn't hit a bunker shot like two like two days after like treatment with him. Yeah, like I couldn't hit a bunker shot after my first treatment session with this guy. And so I meet with this doctor. They take the X-ray, and she's like, "The X-ray came back clean." Um, but then she was like, you know, if there was a tear, uh, the, the tibia and the fibula would be pushed out, but they're not, but you still could also have like a partial tear. So I want you to have an MRI and I'm like, okay, why the fuck didn't, I didn't say this, but I'm like, why the fuck did I just like, wait, you know, three days to get an x-ray and now I have to get an MRI (laughs) and I leave in two days, like. Like, and let's be honest, if it's torn, it's not like I'm not going to Houston anyway. It's just a pain in the ass. And it's just like, because yeah, yeah. you're, you're trying to fit everything in. You're trying to like prepare as much as you can. And now like there's doubt in your mind because it's like you go from playing unbelievable golf to like being like, holy shit, this could fuck up my whole year. Because this yeah. is really what it comes down to, right? This is like the biggest, this biggest tournament i can i'm ever gonna i've ever played it up to this point yeah and i get in that afternoon for an mri so practice is like non-existent at this point yeah and i go in there forever as usual for an mri and i don't know if they didn't leave me a message that because i went basically I went to a different place for the MRI because they could get me in sooner and they were going to send the images over to this, to the surgeon. I never heard back. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Now, 
I don't know if maybe I missed the call or maybe they just have the wrong number. They were going to fax it to you. What's that? They were going to fax it over to you. I don't know. I have the DVD, but I, I was like, I don't even know if it's legal to look at the DVD. Like, I would know what I'm looking at. <laughs> Fuck what I know. Yeah, right. Oh. Did I lose Ben again? Jesus. The internet today has been so terrible. It's like not even funny. Oh, we're back. No, oh, there we go. God. Okay. Yeah, your Wi-Fi must be awful right now. First of all, my Wi-Fi is always fine, you dipshit. My look, dude, I've got multiple mega megabit speed. I'm I'm cruising here. Whatever. Anyway. So if it, if it happens again, go to your phone and and do it. All right. Um it'll help. So Basically, I'm talking to this lady and I'm just like, she tells me it's like this, it's like syndesmosis, it's a high ankle sprain and all this stuff. And I looked at her, I said, she's like, you know, I want you to get an MRI. And I was like, well, and she goes, there's always a well, like a well or a bun. I was like, I'm going to Houston for a tournament. And she looked at me like I was fucking crazy. And then I was like, and she's like, she was a college athlete. She played college soccer. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, this is just not making me feel good. And I, I looked at her and I said, if I play on it, can I make it any worse? And she goes, absolutely. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, this, can't, this can't really get it, can it? Oh, how I was wrong. <laughs> and so she looks at me, she's like, do you want a boot? And I said, do you recommend that I wear the boot? And she goes, yeah, I do. And I was like, she's like, wear it in the airport. I'm like, great. Now I have to go through security taking this freaking boot on and off. You know how heavy those boots are? They're so heavy. Like I had to sit on an airplane, a smelly Southwest airplane. Anyway, I'm like, sure. She's like, offload it, you know, when you're not playing or practicing, whatever. I was like, cool. Oh, so get the x-ray i end up not hearing back from anybody for whatever reason i fly out saturday morning and there's this like girl behind me in line at security at orlando international airport which is the worst airport i've ever been to <laughs> it's disgusting they never have enough TSA people, so they always have like one or two of like the security checkpoint areas yeah. closed off. These people are fucking idiots. They really are. We can make this like it's go at this point. Like these people are so fucking stupid at this airport. I woke up at three in the morning and I was worried I was gonna miss my 650 flight. <laughs> I cannot wait for the people to read this in like your tell all memoir of like, like the worst week of my fucking life. And it started with, I fell down the stairs. Yeah. This is, this is, and so stands the line quote, fuck. Here we go. So this <laughs> stupid girl behind me 
is coughing up a storm, sneezing, <laughs> no mask. Like, I don't wear a mask because I'm just like, uh, like, no thanks. I don't have COVID, whatever. Uh. But she needed a mask. And she keeps, like, fucking bumping into me. And if she wasn't in high school and if her parents weren't with her, I would have turned around and told her to get the f*** me. Like, because, number one, I'm such a germaphobe. Yeah. Number two, I hate kids. Number three, I'm already I need to get sick. <laughs> All right. So, so hold on. So, get to Houston. You get sick by Wednesday. Hold on. Hold on. So, here's the deal. Get to Houston Saturday. Pick up my caddy Saturday evening. I ended up hitting balls at this room driving range and it, I, I hit them well it felt fine i was wrapped i was taping up my foot i was icing like that was kind of like what i had to do yeah sunday first practice round really should not have played the whole thing i played all 18 really not a good idea um but i was i felt pressure to because i hadn't played since the injury happened literally it had been it had been like eight days uh monday rolls around second practice round i was in agony the whole practice round and it's taped up. And it's not like, like, I'm icing, like, I'm icing two, I asked two or three times before I even went to the course. Yeah. And, like, I'm sticking my foot in ice cold water, like, ice water. Yeah. There's oodles of ice in this cooler. And I just, I, I, it was, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to play this week. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Because I have to play four days. And, by the way, I hated the golf course. That was the other thing. I mean, you want to talk about a golf course that doesn't fit my game at all? This was it. I mean, trees overhanging the right edge of the tee boxes could barely hit any drivers, which is a huge part of my game. Mm -hmm. um, just not a good course at all. Monday rolls around. Uh, sorry, Tuesday rolls around. I figure out how I have to wrap, wrap up my ankle. I mean, I, I wrapped it up pretty heavy. I was, I was waking up at like 4 a.m., to ice my ankle twice before I would go to, go to the course. I was doing all this stuff. Did not play well the first round. Just didn't have it. Wasn't really like an ankle thing. I didn't. I didn't feel like it was. Obviously, yes. Like it. It didn't feel great. But you know, whatever. To uh, Wednesday rolls around, and I'm hitting balls on the range, and I'm hitting these two irons, and I am hitting these things everywhere. Like, there is no resemblance to the last shot. And I'm in my ankle. I'm in, like, agony on the range. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I iced. I was like, damn, did I, like, like, did I, like, not take my Advil or something? Turns out I forgot to take Advil, which is uh -huh. kind of scary to think how, like, not taking two pills can really affect your body. They had ibuprofen at the course. I took it. I shot 69, buried my last three holes. I was like, wow, okay. I'm wearing the boot on the way to the course, okay? And when I leave the course, which is embarrassing for me because then everybody sees this dude wearing a boot that's playing yeah. a cute school. Morning, I had woken up with a sore throat. And I was like, this isn't good. Wake up Wednesday. I start, like, losing my voice, not feeling well. Um sweating and it's houston there's like very not that much of a breeze yeah and 
I just played terrible on the back nine. I shot 78 total. Um, just didn't play well. I didn't feel great it, it, with my health or my physical health, I guess. Both healths that mm-hmm. were concerned. And then the last round, I just, I felt even worse. I was just dripping sweat. Um, and then there, I just, uh, I played terrible. I shot 82 in the final round. I had nothing left to give. Uh, I just was like, the last three holes, I just didn't give a shit anymore. I just didn't give a shit anymore. Uh, yeah. There were some things that happened in the round that I won't get into that my fault. And it had nothing to do from a performance aspect, but just like mental, mental frustrations. Um, things that led to mental frustrations that were not player forced. I'll tell you after the show, I yeah. don't say it on the show. No, of course. Yeah. Um, but at that point I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like I'm not going to qualify, obviously. Like I'm probably going to finish in last place, whatever. I don't give a shit at this point. Yeah. So I just mailed it in and then I flew back Saturday and I was like sweating, dizzy plane. Well, first I was sweating in the airport. I was dizzy on the plane, shivering on the plane. Um, Got back here. I didn't even take my, like my luggage out of my car. I didn't. I like literally, I just like came up here and I went to bed. I didn't even shower. I like, I just, I went straight to bed mm-hmm. at 5 p.m. Okay. And from there, I like, I woke up a couple times and then like, yeah, I, I was like sweating a lot. And then I was like, continued to like lose my voice as time progressed. And then last night I woke up and you would have thought I wet the bed. That's how soaking wet my bed was. Yeah. Wet. Like, I don't have an appetite. I haven't worked out. I've lost, like, a ton of weight. I haven't t- I haven't done anything. Literally. I literally... Today was the first day I did anything, and I went to the store. Yeah. That was it. That's that's literally the, the most strenuous thing I've done. So, I was at a doctor for my, for my follow-up, and I, I was like, I have flu-like symptoms. I can't come in. So, I had to push that back to Thursday. So, I'd like to thank the girl that was behind me getting sick so yeah it was not fun uh it was not really a fun trip it was nice to see two of my old college teammates that was fun yeah but, um yeah look i don't make excuses for me for myself when i don't play well yeah of course not what i do because i hold myself to a very high standard and i i work very hard um and I'm very, very hard on myself too. Like I was very hard on myself when I was when I didn't play well, especially after the rounds. I spoke to my sister, and she said to me, she was like, first of all, because we spoke on the phone Saturday morning when I was at Houston's air, the Houston airport after mm-hmm. when I was flying back to Orlando. She goes, she goes, I knew that you hurt yourself. And that's a very serious injury as it is. People might roll their eyes at a high ankle sprain. Get challenge you to play six days in a row on a high ankle sprain. I, oh, yeah, of course. I challenge anybody to do it. And let me know. Let me know how you do and how you feel. 
And she's like, Ben, you sound like shit. Like, you were also sick. You were not going to play well this week. At all. Like, yeah. completely unreasonable for you to sit there and think, or anybody sit there that you were actually going to play well, given the current circumstances that, given the circumstances that you had to deal with. She's like, I get it. Like you're pissed off. And this really couldn't have happened at a worst possible time because it couldn't have. And you definitely don't deserve it. This is like not your fault at all. It's just terrible timing. She's yeah. like, don't please. Like, she's like, you have every right to be pissed off. Be pissed off for as long as it takes. Just like, just know like this is really not your fault. That's based. I haven't done anything since I've been back. And now I'm sweating yeah. again. And I hate this. I'm I'm so done with this whole thing. So here we are, 20 minutes in. That's my summary. I need a water. You go right ahead. I'm going to start the show up and we will get into everything. Don't you worry. The Get in the Whole podcast is brought to you by our fantastic merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the world of golf. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd rocking. You're getting the whole podcast official and first edition merch. This is the first time in show history that the getting the whole podcast has had merch, so you don't want to miss out. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code underground, for 10% off any apparel. Rock that Get in the Whole Podcast merch out in the wild. Send it to us. Tweet at us, at Get in the Whole Pod, when you're rocking your merch. Big thank you to PHI Apparel Company for being the best merch on the planet. Now, back to the show. We are back. It's the Get in the Whole Podcast. Steve McAvoy, Ben Piero, back after a quick two-week hiatus. Had a couple of things going on. Of course, Ben out in Q School. I got stranded in Alabama. And here we are now after after a second week of, of madness. Finally back in the booth. Excited to get things going. Let's just jump right in really fast with you. I want to just say, so I was following along on the, um, for, first of all, the Q School like website that they use is so it's awful because it, it showed you were through six holes for like three hours. And I'm like, is no one like following? Like it was great for six holes. And then all of a sudden it like went blank. And I I was so hopeful after the second day. Now, obviously we haven't talked, we haven't spoken since, since we had left. So I was like, Oh shit. Like he went three under on the second day. I'm like, he, he was pretty good. He's like, he's like three or four back and easily, easily make it up. And it's like thir- it's like Thursday at work, and I'm like, oh shit! Like he- he's dipping, he's falling. So it is what it is. You- you're right. Your sister's totally right. It isn't your fault. Obviously, it just has a has had shitty circumstances. But I wanted to ask you this before we um, jump in, because obviously we've talked uh, at lengths with your own battles with mental health and how your you had a time in life where your bad golf play, whether or not it was your fault or not very much like hindered how you just kind of focused. Did you ever have that point during the week or even like now in the aftermath of like, like, fuck, like now my year, not to be incredibly dramatic here, but like to say my year's ruined. I now have to look forward to next year. Is there any thought of like, like not to go this far, but 
any doubt of like, do I even want to do this anymore? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, look, I'll never be as low as during college or shortly after. What's that? You, we've talked about this. It was like shortly after college, or was it, or, or was during college? You were. It was. It was during college. I think there there were a lot of other factors that contributed to it. I mean, yeah. the, those factors that that would happen when I was in college. Um. You know, I I always hope and I pray that I never go that I that that never happens. I I hope that that never happens to anybody. Yeah. I mean, my even my worst enemy, which believe it or not, I don't have as many enemies as some people might think. Uh, but no, I would I would never I would never wish that on my worst enemy. Would mm-hmm. I? And um, so I I don't you know I don't believe. Because of the support system I have around me now, I don't, I don't believe that that'll, that'll ever be a thing. Um, but it definitely is like it's pretty self defeating, you know. Yeah. You put all you put all this time and effort and money into what you want to do, and the things that you want to achieve, and the things that you the, the things that you honestly you believe you can achieve them, and for it to happen. For it to not happen and not work out in such a spectacularly depressing fashion, I think it just pretty much sums up my year pretty well. Like I, I dealt with three different injuries. Really, May, three different injuries since May. I broke my toe, which wasn't mm-hmm. my fault. I had a weightlifting injury, which really wasn't my fault. It just happens. And that was in like August. And then this happened, which was easily the most severe of the three. Yeah. Especially with the timing. You know, I it, you know, that stuff. Because you know, there are times when I sit there and I'm just like, I've been doing this for such a long time. I know I'm only 25, but when you've devoted your when you devoted your last 11 years to this game. Or to anything and you want to see more progress everybody wants to see more progress regardless of if you're if you're on the pj tour or not yeah of course when you don't see that progress it can become demoralizing at times you know you, you can feel really shitty about yourself and it's you know people are like well don't att- just don't make it personal well it's hard not to make it personal because you really care about it yeah you know? different than someone working a normal desk job you know you have a shitty day at work you have a shitty month if you're in sales you don't sell anything you feel probably not good you know because you don't have anything to show for your hard work you feel like yeah and you know i was sitting there and i was just like i don't know if i want to do this anymore because it, it hasn't been as fun and it's gotten kind of stale and it's just it's stressful that's tough it's it's hard it's really hard like people think like people sit there and they're just like oh you play professional golf like that's so cool like oh my gosh like you live the life i'm like no i don't i don't live the life i don't live the life at all like people sit there and i, I want to look at them and just be like my dad pays for my shit do you really think i want to be beholden to someone to like further my career absolutely not yeah I've got yeah you know how much pressure that is? That's a lot of pressure to deal with. And to have people's different opinions being thrown at you when you don't necessarily want them. No, you don't want that either. 
And then on top of that, if you're not playing well, oh my God, that's hard. Yeah. And, you know, look, I've taken a lot of time to reflect uh, over the last, what's today? Monday? Okay. Monday. So, really, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Monday. And because at first I was like, I want to quit, but I just don't know what I, what I would do. Because mm-hmm. like I've never really had like a real job. Even when I was in college, I never shit. Golf, I did. They went for the summers when my teammates had internships. I was playing tournaments. I was traveling left and right to tournaments because I, I was like, this is what I want to do, and I was good enough to do it too, for sure. It's not like I was like some hack. Yeah. Then, you know, when you have these results, it's just kind of like, and you have like all these pressures and stuff, and it just it's not as fun and. You're not, you're not excited to go to practice. You're like, you're not as excited for tournaments. You sit there and you're just like, well, you know, why am I doing this? And like Saturday I was sitting there. I was like, I really don't know if I want to continue to play because I just don't know if I can take this anymore. Yeah. And through like a lot of like, just like thought and just letting whatever emotions um whatever emotions i have just like kind of just like letting them come to me and just like letting them go just like it's like a thought you know whatever thoughts i have you know i just yeah. acknowledge that the thoughts there and then i just let it go it's okay ben it's okay It's okay. It's better out than in, honestly. And you know what? I not to jump in on you, but people don't understand that. And I, I was just like looking at the schedule, and I, and I don't know enough about um, golf until you had explained this to me. But the the stress that it takes to go through months, like the, like this stuff doesn't happen overnight. At the end of the day, and I give you my full support. I want you to keep doing this because I love you and I want you to be able to be the best person that you can be. And don't worry, you're going to get there. And look, at the end of the day, like, look, there are guys on the PGA Tour who didn't get there till they were 38 years old. Like, this shit happens. And I think you, of all people, because of what you've gone through and what you understand, like, you know that it is a challenge and it is a grind. And for, for the casual hack who doesn't understand that, you have to play the absolute best golf of your life for five weeks in a three-month span. That's a that's a very tall order to ask for. And then on top of that, be able to sustain on a year-long tour and not fall off. So I give you all the credit in the world because I can never do what you do. And again, everything will be okay. And we're here for you. No, I, no I appreciate that. Um and it's okay to get emotional. Don't you worry. This is your for this is your forum to say what you need. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's like it's like all the shots that you've that, that I've ever hit, like from the time when I was eleven years old or ten years old or whatever it was. And like all the tournaments I've played, all the tournaments that I won, and the, just like the pure like joy of just like winning and like beating someone. You know, and then on the flip side, it's like when you play so poorly or like really just 
shitty things happen to you when you really just don't deserve them or they can't and they can't come at a worst possible time exactly it's it's demoralizing at times and like i realized i was like you know i do love this game i do and i'm not a quitter i've never quit at anything in my life and i definitely don't want my last tournament ever to be a seven to have the last two rounds be a 78 and an 82 where I finish in last place by five strokes. Yeah. Like that's just like not who I am. You know, like number one, it's not the player I am, obviously. Number you've watched me play. Yeah. You know, number two, that's not the competitor that I am. I'm as competitive as anybody you'll ever meet. You know, I fucking hate losing. Like when I play against people, I I I personally take joy and just beating them to sleep after like you know like at when it's all said and done you look at the score it's just like yeah like i kicked your ass today you you hate losing more than you like winning 100 percent. that right there is a true competitor yeah and so like yeah i'm gonna continue to play you know and i want to get back out there i really do um you know it's just it just took like thought and like it's been an emotional three days just because it, it was a long two weeks. I think oh, yeah. a lot of that had to do with it as well. And I think when you also have an injury, there's a sense of doubt that can come into play as well. Um, but yeah, like I'm going to continue to play. I decided that I'm going to continue to play. Uh, but we'll be changing some things up as far as like how I'm practicing and what my coaches and I are working on. Um, so, because I don't want to, I don't want to have another year of this where it's just like, I, I don't, I don't like being the guy that people, cause people look at me and they're like, Oh my God, you're shit. like, I have this one, like one of my buddies, he's an idiot. He goes, <laughs> he, he got banned from Tinder. So it's like. <laughs> He's not the smartest dude. <laughs> I can only imagine what the fuck you have to do to get banned from a dating website. But anyway, uh, Jesus Christ. He goes, um, he looks and he's like, man, if I hit it as good as you, I wouldn't shoot him up 72. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, like it was, um, you know, I, I hate I hate being the guy that people look at and they're like, oh, my God, you have so much talent. You hit the ball so well. And then I finished the round. It's like, oh, yeah, I shot 73 today. Sick. Like, didn't make any money. Yeah. Like, I need to become a better golfer. I need to become a better player. You know, my golf swing doesn't need to improve. Obviously, yes, like there are things I want to improve about it, but – my golf course, my golf swing is way better than a lot of the guys on tour, if we're being honest. Yeah. You know, and I hate being the guy that's like just super talented, but has nothing to show for it or feels like, or feels like he has nothing to show for it. Yeah, of course. And so I need to become better with on course, like, ma- like managing my game on the course. I think that's one of the big areas. Like, you know, look, not shorting, not short siding myself as much, not hitting it in so many fairway bunkers, uh, taking advantage of par fives more often, 
just like not three putting just like stupid mistakes that just kill your round and that might not matter so much in amateur golf because it's not as competitive as it is in pro golf but that that stuff three putting penalties short yeah. that stuff adds up in pro golf because the competition is that much stiffer it is and so those are things and also just my mind not beating myself up so much mm-hmm. uh I think this week I was beating myself up more than I normally do while I played just because of just the mental fatigue that I was experiencing from the week prior and how stressful Q school already is. Um, But I got to work. I got, you know, look, I have work to do. I really don't think I'm far off. I really don't. um, Now that I've reflected and, you know, look like, the 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 year is not over. I have I have time to play in other tournaments and just oh, yeah. make the most out of a year that's been very frustrating. It really has been a frustrating year, but I know I'm I'm capable of so much more as well. So and there, I have so much more that I want to achieve, that I want to achieve as well as a golfer. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the story about real quick. I'll tell you about Monday. <laughs> but all right, so I've known this guy. I'm not going to say his name, but I've known this individual since I was in high school and he might be one of the most fucked up people I've ever met. And I, most of my friends are like, I'm, I'm insane. I will. I, really? I'm, You're I'm, insane. Oh, I'm crazy. I mean, you're kidding me? <laughs> all my friends are insane. Um, you're a fucking psycho. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've known this guy forever. He's older than me. And so we're playing this tournament and we're actually in a cart together because for most mini tour events, you get a cart. And so we decided to share a cart and we're just like making, I I think he had just hit a ball out of bounds on this hole. And so it's like kind of quiet. It's cold on this day. So I'm just like, kind of like, Oh my God, geez. Like trying to like look in a conversation after he just hit one OB. And, uh, I was like, so, uh, you got a girlfriend? And he goes, no. <laughs> and then silence. And he goes, I got banned from Tinder. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah. I was like, what did you do? Like, he goes, I sent a picture of myself to a girl and I was like, and right away I knew what he meant. And I was like, you sent an unsolicited dick pic to a girl on Tinder. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah. But dude, like it was, such, like, it was like such fucking bullshit. Like, dude, like she's an influencer and I totally got screwed over. I was like, dude, I don't think you got, you're, you're just an idiot. You're just an absolute idiot. Like, he's actually one of two of my friends to get banned from from Tinder. I have two friends. Imbecile. It's an impressive group to uh, to, to be a part of. No, it, it, it's funny you say that. So I'm uh, so I, I'm on Facetime uh, this this morning with my sister, who's freshman in college. She was like, "Yeah, I went to the bar. Uh, went uh, like went out to the bars, got was drinking and everything." 
and like woke up this morning and like got a Snapchat from this guy who, who I've been talking to. Unsolicited dick pic. Here's the problem. Is that really? I can't and, believe that's actually like a thing. Like, I've I, like, I've never ever done that. So like, no. <laughs> she, she saw it and was like like totally appalled. And she goes, "Wait!" But the worst part was it was soft. Who sent this? Who sent this soft dick pic? You know, you know who does that, dude? You, dude, you are a friend of mine that I went to school with. He basically. He and his uh, girlfriend at the time were doing long distance, and they had kind of like right. agreed to send each other content, you know, back and forth. Right. He had to look up how to send a dick pic because he had never done it before. Like he literally googled how to send a dick pic. <laughs> only uh, the only time I had ever. Uh had to figure that out i watched blue mountain state and there was a whole episode about sending them and i and i that was the rule of thumb that i always utilized it's really funny though a girl i knew also was also was doing long distance i had been snapchatting her we were just like friends and uh she must have like accident like she she sent out a snapchat that was supposed to go to him but like oh, must have no. like gone to him and like a few other friends that she accidentally clicked on and it was just and it was like a tip pick and i'm like Nice. <laughs> hilarious, dude. All right, so the, the conversation has shifted heavily. We've, we've cried, we've laughed, and now it's time oh. to talk about the real stuff. So the official World Golf Rankings, as, as oh, we segue into the fun stuff, right? Uh, a two-week hiatus really kind of opens the door to a lot of news. Um, we have a loaded, a loaded show, but because we're 40 minutes in, I'm going to literally dummy it down to a couple of things, and we're just going to chat more about it next week. We started off, though, with the official World Golf Rankings officially denied ranking points. A bunch of live guys are now calling out the credibility of the source. Even folks in the golf media world are saying that the OWGR is basically uncredible based on the fact that it isn't taking into account uh, certain parameters and where there are some live guys who actually do stand out amongst those, at least over, over their last 24 rounds that should be ranked much higher. Do you see a credibility flaw with them not allowing live to be a part of the rankings boy oh boy i remember that one time i got roast i just got drilled by phil take by phil took a grenade for us i think that was the uh do you remember that i think the guy i think it was phil took a grenade for us that account yeah and i just like just annihilate tried to annihilate me in the comments yeah um i hope he, i hope that guy's doing well we haven't heard from him so um I don't. I don't think this makes uh, ranking points less credible. I think it makes it more credible because they don't meet some of the parameters necessary to obtain world ranking points. Like they don't. They don't play four round tournaments. They play three round tournaments. Um, I believe that's one. That isn't that one of the requirements. Yeah. It's a, it. it, it yeah, it's four rounds, and then also the golf course also needs certain requirements that some of the courses on live don't necessarily meet in terms of, like, slope and rating. Well, there you go. And so that's number one. That's that's my – well, really, that's – I mean, that's that's what I think about it. I know that's very basic and, like, blunt, and I don't have a lot to say about it, but I said it over a year ago, 
and I stand by by it that they don't deserve world ranking points. If they want world ranking points so bad, just go play on. Isn't it like the Asian tour that allows that? Yeah, go play on the Asian tour. You'll get world ranking points that way. Well, okay. Also, the, the DP World Tour technically also does now sanction it too. A lot of the guys haven't necessarily gotten totally banned. I don't think that that percent like you can debate it like all you want, but and and the the guy that I'm going to use to to build my argument here is going to be um, Bryson DeChambeau just because because I, I think his his record kind of speaks for itself. I think he's like still somewhere in the hundreds of the world golf rankings, but. I've actually been doing some research into like other forms of rankings that I think are, are legitimate and credible. And like when you look at somebody like let's like like take Brooks Koepka, right, who's played significantly well, obviously played really well in the majors, and then you take take someone like Bryson, who <coughs> I think he finished like 60th at the Open, 20th at the U.S. Open, fourth at the PGA, and I think missed the cut for the umpteenth time at, at the Masters, but. Aside from that, has I believe two wins. Won the team uh, final for uh, for live. He finished I think top twenty in every single event and had like I think multiple top fives um, in live with those two wins. Like you look at someone like that, and I'm looking at Data Golf um, because I think they actually do a really good job at at utilizing the 54 holes rather than the 72 and being able to um, to kind of map out. And with the logic, like Cameron Smith would be ranked 16th in the world, and DeChambeau will be ranked 22nd in the world, while DeChambeau is ranked 142nd on the OWGR. So, I well, they would have dipped anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they would have dipped. Like Cameron Smith is 19th in the OWGR, which which is also amazing to think about. That he's been doing this now for for a whole year and hasn't fallen off the map like everybody else has. He's still a top 20 golfer in the world, but he's 16th in data golf. I think the significance, though, is that like it also even takes guys on the PGA Tour, like take a Russell Henley, for example, who's 25th in the OWGR, but according to Datagov, he's ranked 12th because of his recent performances that he's played across all these tours. He has four straight top 15s. He, he has one, he has one, sorry, two non-top 20s dating back to the, to the Charles Schwab in May. He's ranked 25th on the OWGR. He's ranked 12th in Datagov. I'm not going to say the OWGR is incredible at all because at the end of the day, they're following their parameters and that's totally fine on them. But I do think we have to start to kind of change the way, way we do look at things because of the way live is, is changing and how eventually this merger might happen. It might not happen. We don't really know. But for as long as live is, is in existence, particularly now we're getting into the area of these guys are never going to be able to qualify for majors unless they've won the major before or have those exemptions, we're getting to an area now where, where we might not see 18 live guys again at the Masters. We might see only four now. So I think with, with those things said, looking at somewhere like Datagov, I think will actually help level the playing field a little bit. And look, you can argue the X's and O's, and you can be a live sympathizer, you can be a live hater, you can do whatever you want to do on either side and keep to your agenda. But if a guy is winning every single live event, I do think he does deserve some sort of a look. And I think a, a measurement like data golf may actually be something that's worthwhile because it also leverages your strokes gain total and calculates that into your total uh, ups and downs based on, on how you play. So I think those things also do make sense. And they actually leverage from every tour. So like Rory McIlroy is, is ranked number one in the world, according to data golf. He's got a DG index of plus two and a half 
which is which is only a mark better than Victor Hovland and like a point two better than Scotty Scheffler who's ranked third. But they're also weighing in all of Rory's events from the DP World Tour to his majors to the PGA Tour. They take like Colin Morikawa, for example, his DP World Tour, major championships, PGA Tour, even his stops in the Asian circuit. Uh, Tom Kim has his four other different tours that he's a part of. So I think those also make sense. You're weighing in literally everything to create your metrics. So I'm not going to give, I'm not going to call them a, a total incredibility, but I think, think they are there. I do think, look, the Masters is done by, te- it's technically invite only, right? Yeah. So, you know, but look, like, you know, your top. But top 50 in the world make it automatically. Exactly. Yeah. But still, it's like, I can't see a, a, a time where, like, Brooks, obviously, like, Brooks doesn't really have to worry about it because he's won five majors. Yeah. But, you know, but, like, Bryson or, like, I don't know, uh, like, Cam Smith, like, they're going to end up being invited because they still can invite you, yeah. you know, by invita- it's up to their committee. Uh, the And, like, the U.S. Open – I've seen them, they've given special exemptions to players where I've just been kind of like, I get it. Like they gave, uh, uh, who was it? Ernie Els some special exemptions, I think maybe a, like a couple years in a row. And I was yeah. just like, come on, like really? Like he's not going to make the cut. Like if they're going to do this for someone like Ernie Els, I think that they would do that for someone like, you know, Cam Smith or, yeah, uh, I don't know, another uh who who else maybe like a lee westwood you know like yeah. but 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 again though like like the names that that matter when you look at the grand scheme here and again going through data golf take somebody like a i think patrick reed is actually probably the best like the best measurement here um you could even use the, like like a, a taylor gooch has been on an absolute roll on live but is ranked like two two 30th in the world but take somebody like uh patrick reed for a hot second his he's technically ranked according to Datagolf. Let me find his name here. Um, where did I find him earlier? Jeez, he's ranked thirty seventh according to Datagolf. He's ranked sixty seventh in the world still. Joaquin Neiman's ranked thirty third in Datagolf, ranked seventieth uh, in the OWGR. Those are names I don't think you would get a exemption for for Patrick Reed to make it into these events nowadays, particularly because. He also didn't really play incredible golf in his back end time on the PGA Tour. He had, I think, five top twenties in his last, I think, six, six not sixty events. But but, it helped, events. but he won a Masters though, so that does help his case. Well, yes, because because if you want a Masters, you're 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 automatically back. But like the U.S. Open, let's say, or like yeah. whatever major he hasn't won, those, those certain things I, I I think play a factor here. No, no, no. I know that. But what I'm saying is like, okay, like he has won a Masters, so maybe he might be more inclined to get like a special exemption to like a U.S. Open or an Open Championship or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That it's would make sense. Made, you know, it's not like he's majorless like Joaquin Neiman. Is right? Is Joaquin Yeah. Neiman. But, but again, Joaquin Neiman is 23 years old and is one of the top 50 golfers in the world, but he's losing points every single week because he's not playing on a, on a tour like PGA Tour. Like Mito Pereira, same thing. He's 86th in the world. He's ranked 46th on Data Golf. He's finished top 10 in the last six live events. Like these, there are guys who most certainly stand out as being the young, the young, strong players that are not going to get any attention because they're stuck with live. And and unless they change the way they they view rankings or they change the way they 
offer exemptions and don't don't base it on the OWGR. These guys are going to kind of get screwed out. And unless you have won a major or, or you've won the tournament prior and you get automatic um, inclusion, I think there is there is going to be a time we're going to have to rethink uh, the OWGR as the main basis for ranking players. Because again, Taylor Gooch is ranked 240th in the world, but he's won like four live events. And even in a 48-man field, you're still beating out peak Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Mito Pereira, Joaquin Neiman on a weekly basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is some sort of um, credit to that. Uh, a couple of small news things. Not going to get into them this week. We could talk about it more uh, later on. The TGL added seven new players to their lineup, which includes Lucas Glover, Min Woo Lee, Cameron Young, Sahith Tagala, Kevin Kisner. Officially brings the roster to 24. Fenway Sports, who is the ownership group for the for the Boston-based team, announced their team colors are going to be a green shade Boston Common Golf with the the frog logo. I, I don't know if you saw it with uh, in our text chain with KB. He had sent it sent it in this morning. Interesting look. We're probably going to be seeing more of these team-based uh, team logos, whatever it happens to be, uh, in the near future. And then also uh, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala, and Clay Thompson also now have a ownership group within the San Francisco team. Another news source that's uh, been getting a little bit weird. Jay Monahan had said that with the with the merger on hold and the government trying to figure things out, which according to some say they might never uh, get around to actually figuring out whether or not the merger is constitutional or not. There's he t- he said in a memo to the PGA Tour they're looking for other investments outside of the PIF, and they actually just denied uh, this morning, I believe. An investment opportunity with Endeavor, who is the who is the managing company for the UFC and the WWE. And for the last two weeks, Tom Kim goes back-to-back at the Shriners, first time since Jim Furyk back in the 2010s. And Colin Morikawa won the Zozo Championship in Japan. Yes, Benny? Jay Monahan's an idiot. <laughs> I, I can't believe... Like, so, in one... In... Half of like uh, in, in like less than six months, we have gone from we're not merging with live, we will never deal with live to merging with live. Then maybe it's not happening, and now we're looking for outside investments. He, he, they are so discombobulated and all over the place. I just, dude, they're, you know, he's not that bright. No. He's an idiot. Jay Monahan. I said Jay Monahan, right? Yeah. 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 Jay Monahan is an idiot. I think the absolute worst part is, too, is that they, within the memo, they said the players basically said, oh, we're seeking other investment in case the merger doesn't work out and the government finds it uh, unconstitutional. But on top of that, it's basically said that they're burning money at a record pace and and basically confirmed the, the, the suspicion that I said when they first announced the merger. I'm like, they're going to go bankrupt. A, whether it's trying to keep up with live or trying to just keep up with the growing monetary necessity for players to keep on getting paid and paid and paid more and more and more. And this is happening across all sports. Like they're going to go bankrupt and they're going to lose a significant amount of money. And eventually they're going to have to turn to the AT&Ts and the Fortune 1000 companies of the world to try and get backing. And yet 
they're getting very liberal with denying a company like Endeavor, who is one of the biggest sports agencies in the world. They they operate the UFC, the WWE. They work with the LPGA Tour. Like something here doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's to me they will never have if they don't merge with Liv. They'll never have the money that Liv has. No, absolutely not. You know, I don't care who they go to. Like, if they go to, like, a Verizon or, like, an Apple or IBM or whatever, yeah. Yeah, give me a break. Like, yeah, like, it'll be cute. But, (laughs) like, dude, I I just... He is the most incompetent leader like, I love how people sit there and they just, like, shit all over, like, Rob Manfred or Roger Goodell. And, like, I get it. Like, those guys have, like, fucked up in some different areas, uh, in you know, in their respective sports. Like, I get it. But, like, Jay doesn't do anything right. Yeah, I really and, and like and he he doesn't answer questions. Like I don't think the one time he was really supposed to wasn't he supposed to answer questions in front of Congress? And, and he didn't show up because he, he was sick. You know, and like that's the, it's just like I get it. Like you know those, you know those other commissioners that I mentioned, like they've screwed up in different ways for sure. Um, but this guy just doesn't know what he's doing. He's an idiot. Yeah, it's it's not a not a good look by any means for for somebody who's supposed to be leading this tour and obviously has gone back and forth and back and forth and now they're trying to find new alternatives. I think uh, the article that I had read from ESPN, I think it was like they had mentioned um, that like with the government shutdown pending and a bunch of other a bunch of other government issues going on, including the war in the Middle East, which is a whole other issue that we'll talk about about more next week. I don't want to get into it uh, this week as we're already an hour in. But the like, there are so many different things on the government on the government's agenda. I don't think they give a shit. They give a shit enough to talk about antitrust and a merger with with the PIF. But, but like at the end of the day, like this is also a, a a issue of America's always kind of been in the pockets of Saudi Arabia. Like they've always kind of been in bed. At the end of the day, we get all of our oil from the Middle East. So with all of these different things going on, and now again on top of that to to bring the war idea in the Saudi Arabian government uh, has backed Hamas amongst all these different things. And again, I'm not going to get political enough. We'll talk about this, but that's a tie up within the grand scheme here. And you want to talk about how something is affecting the, the golf world, the LPGA, the DP world tour live and the PGA tour all have ties to Saudi Arabia, whether you like it or not. So all of these issues on top of the government ha- having to get involved, I don't think they're going to ever be able to get around to the actual business side of things, at least for another year. And at some point, this agreement, I, I think the agreement falls out by the end of the year with the opportunity for them to extend it. So unless they extend it for a long enough time that the government can actually get around to it, I just don't think it's going to ever happen, at which case it'll cease to exist and live will always just be live. And they're probably going to try and try and try and, and we'll always... Just filibuster, which is the problem. So uh, however you shake it, there's some scenario going on where this merger is going to be pending for a long, long, long time. I should be running the show. I think Tiger Woods should be running the show. but I have a finance degree from Xavier University. I should be running the show. Okay. 
if the golf career doesn't work out, you can always be the be the be the, be the CFO of the PGA Tour, or just run for president of the United States. One of the two. Hey, eh, you know what? Uh, at this point, I don't even know who. At this point, Kanye could still probably get it. I I, I really don't know yet. I don't say that. Short break. On the other side, we're talking Cabo this week at – I don't even know what golf course it is. I know it's a Tiger Wood course. We're going to talk beer money. We are back. Just a reminder, everybody, the most effective and direct way to support the Get in the Hole podcast and Underground Sports Philadelphia is by getting your merch. That's right. Get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is our official merch provider, and they are providing our listeners with the most unique and – unbelievable designs for the great fans of the sport of golf and for our Philadelphia brethren, the great fans of Philly as well. Again, the whole podcast merch is officially on their website, so you can go to the Underground Sports Philadelphia tab where all of our podcast merch is available, and that is the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and with the Get in the Hole podcast. So go to phiapparel.co. And when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. That's how they know we sent you guys there, how they know you're coming from the Get in the Hole podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND and you get 10% off any merch order from our friends at PHI Apparel Company. Now, let's get back into the Get in the Hole podcast. Welcome back into the program, folks. This is again the whole podcast. Steve McAvoy and Ben Piero. If you missed our names from earlier, we had a nice lengthy discussion. Didn't get to do a big uh, intro at all, but we are back. Let's get right into things. Cabo St. Lucas plays host El Cardinal, the first Tiger Woods design golf course to play on the PGA Tour this week in Cabo St. Lucas, Mexico. Uh Give you a small idea of the golf course since we have never um, been here before. Opened in 2014, 7,400 yards, par 72, very much resort style. Uh, in the past, the Worldwide Technology Championship has been played uh, in El Camaleon, which, is, which of course, uh, at Mayacoba. Now is a live location, so that's been moved. Uh, weather's, weather this week, hot, dry, windy gusts. Very much your, your atypical resort style golf course, but we'll have uh, some wind in the factoring. A couple of things to look out for in terms of the actual uh, course play itself. Short scan approach, of course, a massively important stat th- th- this week. Driving distance is going to be huge. A long course, but a wide course. At the end of the day, it, it is made for those vacationing for a week on the resort style, so it's going to be really important. Uh, ben, you could talk more to this, and I, and I know we've talked about it a lot in the past. Strokes gain total, the, go- the grass this week across the board, Past Palom grass, so we're talking uh, a lot of a, a lot of courses that you actually see uh, down here. You utilize that that at the CIMB Classic, the uh, Corrales Putacana, the Puerto Rico. Those events all use past Palom uh, grass. Of course, you could talk more to what that actually means. And then, of course, just in terms of the scoring conditions, scoring early, scoring often, and opportunities gained are going to be a huge key this week in terms of winning at El Cardinal. Ben. With that being said, is there anybody you're eyeing this week before we get into our beer money plays? Okay, I had a couple written down. Give me a minute. Go right ahead. Okay, just a couple. Uh, I think Matt Kuchar could be an interesting, uh, be an interesting play this week for 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 those uh, those gamblers out there. Emil, Emiliano Grillo, 
Uh, Grio, another interesting name to throw out there. Lucas Glover had a very, very good finish to the year last year. Uh, those are a couple guys I'll throw out there. I'm not going to spoil anything. So, I mean, look, the, this week certainly not not the strongest field in comparison to what we saw at the Zozo a couple weeks ago. But Cameron Young, Ludwig Aberg, both in the field this week, of course, uh, both looking for their first PGA Tour victory. So might very well come at an event such as this. I'm all in with you on Emiliano Grillo. You might be see, you might might be hearing from him in my uh, beer money picks. Has played some fantastic golf towards the back towards the back end of the year. I think he's got a second, a third and like a sixth place finish when playing down here in the Punta Cana, Mexico area. Uh, and I think he has, I think he had three straight top tens at, at El Camaleon uh, in like 16, 17 and 20. So most certainly a strong player uh, this week. And on top of that, his, um, his best golf has come in those resort style courses. Uh, I love Sam Ryder this week. Ashe Batias stands out. You want to talk guys, guys who, who hit the ball country mile, Cameron champ uh, looks, looks really good this week after a strong play at the Sanderson farm, as well as, at the Shriners. Um, so those are those are some of the guys that I'm looking at this week. With that being said, we jump right in to our beer money plays brought to you by our friends at Kenwood Beer. Follow them along at the Wells Fargo Center now with the Sixers and the Sixers and the Flyers in full swing. The Phillies may have not gotten it done, but we'll see if Joel Embiid can do it before he becomes a, a New York Nick. Kenwood Beer, find them at Kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker. You you hold on, you're waving your eyes. James Dolan is all over a Joel Embiid trade right now. So oh, James Dolan is an idiot. Joel's never – Is he as big an idiot, though, as Jay Monahan? He would never uh, – that's, that's a tough one. I don't know. Look, look. if you if you trade quickly Randall, Fournier, and like three draft picks for, for Embiid, you you match him up with, with Jalen Brunson, I think it's a great team right there. Philly would never take that. They, they probably asked for Grimes, too, or R.J. Barrett as well. So They would ask for R.J. Barrett. I'm not even a Knicks fan. I'm a Nets fan, and that's going to be a long year. Yeah. So, whatever. But, look, if the Knicks can get anybody, if, if it's Joel Embiid, I'll, I'll be happy. We start with the top 20, Ben, to you. Okay, let me pull up my notes right here. Top 20. I'm going to go with – where is it? Bear with me. I'm bearing. Sam Ryder, top 20. That's what it was. I always I pick him for something every single week. Top 20, solid player, uh finish. Sam Ryder. I think we I think we picked <laughs> Sam Ryder, both of us, for I think a top 10 each of the last like three weeks. So yeah, I right. uh I do like where is Sam Ryder in terms of the odds? Let me see for a top 20. He's plus 280 for a top 20. Actually, he he has better odds than who I was going to take. I'll join you on Sam Ryder for a top 20. I, I, I even push him to a top 10, but I think there's just more uh, value towards the middle. So I'll take Ryder with you. We got for top 10. Well, you kind of froze there, what'd you say? Uh, I'm joining you with Sam Ryder. Who are you taking for uh, top, top 10? Top 10. I'm going to go with Cameron Champ for a top 10. Resort style, of course, he's a longer header, and those fairways are generally uh, a little bit more uh, forgiving off the tee. Uh, so driving for someone like him, the further you hit it, the more offline it tends to go when you miss it, so those fairways won't be as penalizing. I'll go with Cameron Champ uh, for a top 10. Uh, I'm a big fan of Davis Thompson this week he's listed at, at plus 450 on the odds board. I, I think he's actually very close with uh, 
yeah, he's tied with Cam Champ as well. So both 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 at plus four fifty. Um, he's come close to winning already th- this year. He almost uh, beat John Rahm with the American Express in January. He's got a high ceiling on courses that that are like this. One of the better guys in driving distance and opportunities gained coming into this week, and he seems to play really well uh, in those resort style courses down in uh, in Central America. So I like Davis Thompson this week. Top five. Ben, did I lose you? There you are. We're back. Hi. Top five. Okay. Who was your top ten? Uh, Davis Thompson. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, top five. Akshay Batia. Uh, I've been very bullish on uh, him having a, a fantastic 2024 season. I know the season doesn't officially start until Hawaii, but nonetheless – Perfect time to really get in the swing of things, uh, which is for the, in the fall swing. So, uh, Akshay Badia, uh top five. Yeah, Akshay loves the past Palin golf courses. I'm not going to pick him here. I'm taking Emiliano Grillo for a top five at plus 600. That's like good. I said, best re- best plays on resort style golf courses. He's from, he's from South America. He grew up playing in the in those areas anyhow in t- terms of the wide fairway resort style. Loves to perform here as top 20s. Each of the last three years at the Mexico Open, at the Butterfield Bermuda, and at El Camaleon. I love him this week for top five. Who's your gimme? Okay, my gimme, it's a little bit of an interesting one. I'm going to go with Sahith Degala for a top 15 finish. Uh, he has the third best odds in this week. So I feel like that's top 15 for a guy that has the third best to win the tournament. I feel like that's pretty... That's a pretty strong gimme pick, but has a little bit of risk attached to it as well. Yeah, actually, it's even money for a uh, for for a top fifteen. So I'm a fan of that one. I'm actually going to give you a three leg parlay that I'm really kind of eyeing uh, this week. That includes our friend Akshay. I'm going to take the two top odds guys, Ludwig Aberg and Cameron Young, and I'm going to mix in Akshay all to finish top thirty this week. That'll pay out seven to one, so a nice ten dollar play. Nets 70 bucks. Um, at the end of the day, I think Aberg and and Young will both most certainly be live to win. I've got Akshay really high up here too. Loves the past problem golf. Would also consider taking all of them for the outright. Uh, I think Ludwig's plus 900. Young's 11 to 1. And I think Akshay's 35 to 1. Um, I'm bullish on Akshay uh, with you, but I think all three parlay together will be a nice, uh, nice big payout. Who's your winner this week? Okay. Uh- uh, why does it say the Shriners? Wow. Damn. That's okay. It's okay. We were, we have some rust to work off. It's, it's okay. We're working it out. Um, okay. My winner. Sorry. You know, I'm looking at, at bed MGM and no free ads, but. The guys with the highest, the two, the top two guys with the best chances to win, are both guys that haven't won before, and so yeah. maybe this is a coin flip. And I'm always wary to hop on the hype train, even though I've been on um, the Akshay Batia hype train for a long time. Um, that being said. I'm going to go with Cameron Young to get it done this week. Um, 
he has 1,400 uh, 1400 odds to win. So I'm going to go with Cameron Young to get it done this week. You know, it's a it really is kind of a toss up um, because I'm I'm with you on the two top odds getters here. Uh, if I'm being totally frank, some other guys who I do think stand out in terms of a a winnability standpoint, JJ Spawn looks live. Keith Mitchell at plus at forty to one looks live. Steven Yeager, uh, quietly underrated player, is fourth best on the odds board. Um, but I'm going to take the opposite of you. I've been betting him to win for the last two weeks, and I'm and I'm waiting for it to happen. Uh, Ludwig Aberg going into this week is top five on top five in the field in easy scoring conditions, which basically means that um, courses that are birdie fest uh, able, really easy putting services, really easy approach game, and long and wide fairways. He ranks number one in the field, only next to Doug Gim at a plus 39 strokes gained over his last 24 rounds of golf. Uh, he's also he's also fourth in total strokes gained in general at, at 18 strokes, uh, 18 and a half strokes gained, particularly birdie opportunities from within 15 feet. He leads the pack in conversion rate and opportunity rate. So I think those really do, do matter a lot here. I'll take Ludwig Aberg in the putting contest, is top five in the field this week in strokes gained putting. So I will go anti Cameron Young, and I will go pro Ludwig Aber for the third week in a row. <laughs> waiting for the win. I'm waiting for the win. Eventually, you get it. I mean, I think I, I think I was right. I think wasn't I also right about Tom Kim repeating you are. winners? Yeah, I'm a genius. We have two wins early this year, which is actually pretty oh, impressive. That's, good. that's not that bad. Swing. It's not that bad. Okay. I think we had in the history of the show. I've gotten four events correct. KB's got two, including the Ricky win at at the Rock and Mortgage. I think you have two. I do. Have that many? I, I I think you've gotten one more right, and we've got two in the fall swing alone. So two in the fall swing is pretty damn good. I'm really excited to see what we can uh, pull together now. And at the end of the day, look when you're when we're each betting the, the top guys in the odds board. I think someone's got to give and someone's got to win. So I think. Uh, we got a pretty good shot of making it three in the fall swing. But any oh. final thoughts for you at the road? Uh, not really. Happy to be back. Um, yeah. Just uh, getting back to full health. And uh, who knows? Maybe at some point. Oh, I'm moving. I don't know if I ever told. Where are you going? I uh, know. I, to- I think I told you. No. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I'm moving to West Palm. So that's been kind of in the works. I'm going to go down there in a couple weeks, look at some apartments. And, you know, it was actually really funny. I was playing with this guy in the pre-qualifying stage of Q school. So we met on the range like two days prior because he was like, do you have a wrench I could borrow like for his driver? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we started talking. I was like, yeah, I live in Lake Mary, but I'm moving to uh, West Palm, whatever. And so we end up getting paired together in the final round. And early in the final round, this and he's older than I am. He's I think he's like in his 30s. He looks at me and he goes, and he goes, So you're moving to West Palm? I was like, Yeah. He's like, You married? No. Got a girlfriend? No. Boy, you're gonna love it down there. <laughs> <laughs> 
just please don't be like Matt Harvey and uh, and go too hard on, on training days. Matt Harvey. Did he ever go too hard on training days? Matt Harvey during spring training. I, I don't know if you remember this. Now, like, West Palm isn't too far f- f- from Port St. Lucie. No. It's so not. Matt Harvey used to go out clubbing in West Palm during spring training, <laughs> and he missed the scheduled start because he had a quote-unquote illness, and everybody, like, paparazzi found him, like, at, at a nightclub they saw him in the morning. He was like significantly, significantly hungover, and they saw some late, some girl leaving his room. They thought it was a prostitute, and he got like an STD. But it turns out he had like a significantly bad UTI from just basically like fucking all fucking week and partying and going just absolutely balls to the wall. So please, for the love of God, don't be like Matt Harvey and miss a tea time because because you got because you're you're passing a UTI. Okay, first of all, I'm not that stupid. Second <laughs> of all, I would never go out and party. It would, it's the when it's the week of a tournament, two weeks before the tournament, I'm not even touching alcohol. Like it, Matt Harvey and I could not all be right, right. better. Better scenario: Don't be like Yoannis Espinosa and, and show up to a to show up to a round on a horse. I mean, I already hurt my ankle, so we have that problem. <laughs> it really can't get much worse. It really uh, can't. My final thought, I, I want to just say, say a couple of things. One, I'm proud of you, despite you. the loss. I am six-year-olds. Uh, I want to hopefully see you for the holidays when it rolls around. I know we're getting up to the to the Thanksgiving and Christmas season, if you're going to be around. Uh, I would love to. to see you. Oh. Yeah, I know. Fucking pity me, right? Uh, hopefully I get to see you, but I want to, I, I want to just assure you again of my full support and uh, everyone here is rooting for you. We're all proud of you. And Max Scherzer got hurt during his start today. No, he didn't. Max Scherzer got hurt. He is oh, he's out for the game. Don't be happy about that. Don't be happy. I'm not happy about it, but I'm just saying, like, I was so pissed off that that they dumped off Verlander and Scherzer, and they wound up getting all the way to the championship series. And Scherzer put in a masterclass performance in game in fucking game five. And I'm like, he couldn't do squat for the Mets for two whole freaking years. Okay, okay, look, look. To be fair, he was very good his first year and then dipped at the end of the year. This year, he pitched like shit. And then he went to uh, Texas and pitched like shit at times again. Like, he really didn't pitch that well at all. He had a three ERA in Texas. Yeah, but he got hit. He got hammered at times. Like I think he's over the hill. I don't think he's that. Good. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's forty-two years old, and so, and so is JV. But, anyways, Max Scherzer got hurt. Wishing him the best health, but also, uh, I'm all over the Diamondbacks train for the playoffs. Even though that they, they even though even though they beat the Phillies, I had said I'm a, I was a Phillies fan for for a couple of weeks because they were a fun watch. Uh, I'm all over the D-backs though. They have there's something about them that I love that just screams great underdog story. With that being said, folks, that's all the time we have for today. That's Ben Pierre. I'm Steve McRoy. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the golf, and we'll chat again soon next Monday. Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod, and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. We'll see you next time. And remember, get in the hole!